0: everybody welcome to the first ever boise idaho edition of the cats hq podcast i am john hale sitting alongside fletcher page we are in idaho for the first weekend of the ncaa tournament where of course kentucky will take on davidson on thursday it is now wednesday as we're recording this we're already two playing games into the ncaa tournament so we're going to pretend like we had those picked right uh, automatically because our uh normal tournament bracket preview episode got delayed a little bit because guess what it's not real easy to get to Boise, Idaho. It's not a convenient travel situation as John Calipari might have said a few times this week. So we are here today though to preview the NCAA tournament. We're going to run you through the bracket, run you through our picks, Final Four, National Champion, upsets to watch, Cinderella's, uh, underrated teams, all that kind of stuff. Fletcher, I know you already talked about some of this on our uh, esteemed double coverage web show, but we're going to make you do it again and give you the chance to change any of your picks that you already made. So let's start off though talking about Kentucky's matchup. Uh, we uh, will, as we're recording this, we're just before we're going to go to the press conferences the first day to learn more about Davidson. We obviously don't know a ton at the point uh, at this point, other than what you can read from paper in terms of their shooting and their turn uh, their computer profiles, but Kentucky obviously coming off an SEC tournament championship uh, to get here, beat Tennessee in the finals. Uh, it does not look like they're going to have Jared Vanderbilt this weekend. How concerning is that? Uh, and what maybe did we learn in St. Louis that could be applied forward to this weekend?
1: Well, the Jared Vanderbilt thing is it's unfortunate, obviously. you know, I really think he was – it took some time for them to get acclimated and then when he came back in January and then – he was a part of a lineup that i thought really made kentucky a contender to to get back to maybe the final four at least give him a shot and for him to go out and i mean i thought kentucky played as well as you could have asked him to play without jared and i thought that the key and at least in the first two games was pj washington uh if he plays the way that that, that he did against georgia and alabama um you got to feel pretty pretty good about kentucky's chances in any game but the issue, and you saw this against Tennessee, is P.J. Is, is prone to pick up two fouls in the first half. And then you're sort of uh, beholden to Nick Richards and perhaps Sasha Kalea Jones. So the Jared thing hurts, but at this point, it's tough for me to say how Kentucky will perform. If Jared comes back, we'll have to ask these same questions. Will he be rusty? Will he throw off rotations? Will there be some, you know, not animosity, but some awkwardness with when he's subbing in and out i mean everything's got to be relearned again
0: yeah we'll get into more of this more uh if kentucky does beat davidson and arizona beats buffalo as expected and we get that mat- marquee matchup in the second round saturday but it seems like vanderbilt is maybe their only option you could have thrown at deandre ayton in terms of a defensive kind of presence all those other guys are, are basically it just seems like foul machines maybe pj washington could hold his own at time so that's a point of concern uh, anything that you did learn in St. Louis, though, that makes you more encouraged about Kentucky moving ahead?
1: Certainly. I, the way they play defense, it was I think it was the defensive uh, um, performance that I, I think we might have thought we were going to get earlier in the season where you could see there was certainly a switch was flipped. There was more focus. they were more connected. Um, and I thought there was more, I don't want to say effort, but it really that's probably what it is, is effort. Uh, they dominated Georgia. Uh, they And I thought they did a, a good job on Colin Sexton for the most part. I know he got 21, but he was averaging 29 uh, in the tournament until he played Kentucky. And then the Tennessee game was a grinded-out kind of matchup where they made the plays in the final four minutes that they hadn't made in two previous losses to Tennessee. So I think you can definitely tell that they're in what Calipari, Calipari might call March mode. Right. Uh, the, Kentucky—they flipped a switch uh, in St. Louis, and they look—they looked really mentally strong, mentally tough.
0: So we're going to have all the the Kentucky Davidson preview blown out at career journalcom Make sure you check that out before the game on Thursday. Uh, lots of interviews today, videos, uh, Facebook Lives, podcast. Obviously, we're going to have a, a bunch of coverage here uh, with Matt Stone, our photographer, also in Boise. But for now, let's shift focus to the to the tournament bracket as a whole, running through our picks, and we'll start in the South Region uh, where Kentucky. Uh, is obviously playing Davidson uh, this weekend. Virginia, the one seed. Cincinnati, the two. Tennessee, the three. Arizona, the four. Kentucky, the five. Obviously, uh, let's start in the first round. Uh, Fletcher, any upset picks you have in this region uh, of note to look at?
1: Yeah, I didn't shake things up too much here in the South, but I do have Loyola beating Miami. Interesting. So I moved the moved the eleven seed past the six seed Hurricanes.
0: I am all chalk in the first round here. Uh, not very exciting. Uh, how about if you i'm actually all chalk through the elite 8 here um or to, to the sweet 16 sorry uh, who are your two uh, elite 8 teams to meet in the regional final here yeah i think
1: this bracket for a lot of people is going to this region is going to hinge on that Kentucky Arizona matchup yep um i pick Kentucky to beat Arizona and then uh, virginia to beat kentucky and I have Cincinnati facing off against the Cavaliers there in the Elite Eight.
0: Anything about the, the injury to Virginia this weekend that, that changes your kind of outlook on the Cavaliers and, and what they can do in this tournament? It does,
1: and I, I believe that, that when you lose your player that's probably got the best pro potential and a six-man off the bench, it's just like Jared Vanderbilt not being there. So um, I originally picked Virginia to win my national championship, and now I don't feel so great about that.
0: Well, there you go. That's a little bit of a preview of what's to come. I um, I have Arizona actually beating Virginia – in the Sweet 16, obviously that means I have Arizona beating Kentucky on Saturday. I just, in tournaments, like to go with the best player. I like to go with talented teams, and obviously Arizona is that. It seems like the NCAA scandal, the the cloud that has surrounded the program in the last two or three weeks, has not really affected that team. Uh, you can play a little bit of us-against-the-world mentality. I think they'll use that, but DeAndre Ayton is just so good. And I don't know any many teams in the country, let alone teams in this bracket, that have something to stop him. And it's not like he's the only good player on their team. So I have Arizona – uh, and Cincinnati meeting in the uh, tournament final. That bottom half of the bracket here in the in the South is not super exciting by any means. Uh, Cincinnati and Tennessee. That's not a very sexy matchup in the Sweet 16. I like Tennessee, and obviously we've seen them as much as any other team in this uh, in this bracket, other than Kentucky. But I just don't have a lot of faith in teams that can't score reliably uh, in the tournament. And it seems like Tennessee, for as good as their defense is, and, and as Uh, exciting that story has been this year, kind of overachieving. Uh, I just don't see them making it to the Elite Eight here.
1: Yeah, I try not to complain too much about the selection committee, but I'm a little bit um, thrown by Tennessee and Kentucky potentially meeting for a fourth time in the Elite Eight. I don't think it's going to happen. But I I just, I don't need to see that game a fourth time.
0: Yeah, and I mean, when when the SEC team gets eight teams in, which is obviously a record, you're, you're going to have some of those matchups. It's kind of hard to avoid. But the two best teams in the league being in the same yeah. bracket is a little off-putting little for sure. All right, so Fletcher has Virginia advancing from the south region. I have Arizona advancing. Let's move down to the west where Xavier is the one, UNC is the two, Michigan the three, Gonzaga the four, Ohio State the five. Any first-round upsets in the West region?
1: I'm going to go with Providence over Texas A&M, and I think that this could be a theme for the rest of this podcast where I sort of pick on SEC teams that have been sketchy and unreliable all season. Texas A&M embodies that. They're a top-five team in December. And they fell to a seven seed, which I thought was pretty generous for them.
0: I think that's a really interesting game uh, for the league in particular because A&M is arguably the second most talented team in the league behind Kentucky. Uh, And and as you just said, they're woefully inconsistent. It seemed like they had turned it on by the end of the season, but then they went out and lost to Alabama in their first game of the SEC tournament. I don't know how much stock we put in that. I do have them squeaking by Providence but losing the second round. My upset in the first round is 12-seed South Dakota State over 5-seed Ohio State. Uh, Obviously, that 12-5 matchup is a popular uh, upset pick in, in brackets every year, and I think I actually have a couple of those this year. But uh, after going all chalk in the uh, south, I wanted to at least pick something in the west, and South Dakota State over Ohio State is interesting to me.
1: Well, I have some insider information there because my significant other's uh, family um, has some ties to, San- to South Dakota State. So I- I'm still pondering that one for, to lock it in, but I do have San Diego State beating Houston in the uh, 6-11 matchup.
0: Interesting. I like that pick, too. I do not have it, but I like that pick a lot. Uh, co- coincidentally, South Dakota State, Ohio State – Another one of the games in the Boise pod uh, opposite Kentucky. So we will see those teams up close and personal this week. All right, who do you have in your Elite Eight matchup uh, for the regional final?
1: For the most part, though, after the first round, I'm I'm all chalk. I've got Michigan and and North Carolina and Xavier and Gonzaga. Me too. And then I took the one and the two. Uh, I've I've got X and UNC in the Elite Eight.
0: I have Xavier in Michigan in the Elite Eight. Uh, Michigan's an interesting team for me because they're so hot coming off yeah. the, the Big Ten tournament, obviously, but you wonder if they've already kind of spent their run, if they're exhausted after a run like that. Obviously, last year they had the whole plane thing, so they have some experience in, in these kind of situations in the tournament, and John Beeline's team tends to make it pretty far. It seems like uh, they've certainly met Kentucky, at least in that 2014 run, uh, and, and one of the teams that Kentucky upset – or not upset, but one in the in the bracket beater, I guess they did upset them because they were an eight seed. So that's uh, that's my matchup. I do not, I don't like any team in this in this bracket though. In terms of, uh, I might not have picked any of the top four seeds to make the final four had they been in any other bracket, uh, but but kind of by default, I have Xavier beating Michigan to go to the final four.
1: I think Michigan North Carolina might be one of the better games of the tournament. You got one, Michigan has probably one of the better X's and O's yeah. coaches in the field. North Carolina has players that have been to two straight uh, national championship games and won one. So. Uh, Joel Berry and Theo Pinson, some of those seniors. Uh, you got to like that kind of experience uh, in this tournament.
0: All right, let's move on to the uh, East bracket. That's if you missed that there. Uh, I have Xavier going to the Final Four. And who did you actually have in the Final Four there? North Carolina. North Carolina. That's right. I like North Carolina there too. That's probably the better pick. No, I'm wrong. All right, oh, so. Don't let me
1: talk you out of it.
0: In the East, uh, Villanova the one, Purdue the two. Texas Tech the three, which did I the four? West Virginia the five. Any first round upsets for you in the East? I'm
1: all chalk here. I, I I did. I wanted to push Murray State past West Virginia just because we we got the first. We got to see Virginia the good and the bad. Yeah. West Virginia, um, and when Kentucky was able to overcome a 17 point halftime deficit to beat them, so when they scare me. And I say that, and then I push them to the Sweet 16. So I go from almost bouncing them in the first round to moving them to the Sweet 16.
0: Yeah, I actually have Marshall beating Wichita State in the first round here. I think Marshall's a really fun team. And, and maybe the reason not to pick that is is for everything Marshall does well. Wichita mm-hmm. State probably does just a little bit better. Uh, but maybe it's my Eastern Kentucky ties here, rooting for the Appalachian team. But I really want to see that West Virginia-Marshall matchup in the second round. Although I would not be surprised if you were – Uh, If both Murray State and Marshall advanced, and we had a double-digit seed matchup in the second round, there, yeah, probably not going to happen. Uh, but forced to pick one, I I took Marshall.
1: Well, the game that really made me pause was I picked this before St. Bonaventure beat UCLA, but I I did want to. I thought St. Bonaventure can beat Florida. There's something about these SEC teams now that they're in this field that make me want to not pick them.
0: Florida, another team. I don't really know what to do with from the SEC. Uh, maybe a different sort of situation from Texas A&M, but obviously the team was very good at times, very bad at times. Went on that losing streak towards the end of the season like Kentucky did, then seemed to figure it out, and obviously destroyed Kentucky in that last game of the regular season. And I thought, wow, Florida, that's, this looks like a team that can make a deep run. And then kind of, you know, didn't do much in St. Louis in the SEC tournament. Maybe it's a situation where, like John Calipari, they didn't have much to play for there and don't care about the tournament. Uh, but that's probably not the note you want to want to go into the NCAA tournament
1: on. I'm changing that pick. I'm going with St. Bonaventure.
0: There you go, uh, which is going to make this more embarrassing for me. Who do you have in your Elite 8 matchup uh, from the East region?
1: I'm Chalk here. It's Villanova-Purdue. Uh, I really love Jalen Brunson uh, at Villanova. I think he's one of the better players, and I'm kind of relying on one of your traits for yeah. teams to watch. If the team has the, one of the best players in the country, go with that player.
0: I actually I have Virgin, or West Virginia coming out of that uh, all-Mountaineer State uh, matchup in the second round to play Villanova, but I have Villanova winning there and facing the Florida Gators in the Elite oh, Eight, wow. which uh, is probably stupid. But Mike White's team made a run last year. I think he's a very good coach. Uh, I think that Florida is one of those teams that can get hot from three and, and make a run. But mostly I picked Florida because uh, – Other than St. Bonaventure being hard, I think that might be their hardest game until the Elite Eight because I don't have much faith in Texas Tech. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost a a Stephen F. Austin, uh, a perennial kind of tournament upsetter. Uh, And then Purdue I think is good. Uh, but something about those Big Ten teams in the tournament just uh, mm-hmm. just doesn't do it for me, and so I took Florida there too. But uh, I think Villanova pretty easily makes it to the to the Final Four from this this bracket.
1: I think Chris Chiozza might be one of the more underrated players in this tournament. I know everybody in the SEC might know about him, but I think he could become a national figure after the, after this uh, after this week.
0: Wasn't he the one that hit the did he, did he hit last the, year. the but so obviously he has that experience in March coming up in big moments. Uh, it's nice to have that on your team automatically. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the last bracket, bracket, uh, the Midwest, the bracket of death, whatever uh, people are calling it, the hardest bracket in the tournament for all of John Calipari's complaints uh, about the wet, or the South bracket. Uh, Kansas is the one, Duke's the two, Michigan State's the three, uh, Auburn's the four, and Clemson is the five. Any first-round upsets for you from the Midwest
1: bracket? I'm, I'm anti-Tigers in this region. I have New Mexico State upsetting Clemson, yep. and I have College of Charleston beating Auburn.
0: I like that. That's the the 12-13 matchup in the second round again. I also have New Mexico State beating Clemson. I have Auburn just barely squeaking by College of Charleston. My thought there was with uh, their coach being mentioned for some other jobs, Georgia in particular, although it maybe looks like Georgia has moved on from there. That might be a little bit of a distraction heading into this weekend, but uh, I have no faith in Auburn to do anything at all, considering how they ended the season. Uh, But I think they're going to win one game. And then I actually had New Mexico State beating Auburn in the second game good to make them. it to the uh, to the Sweet 16.
1: Good for them. I think a, a low-key interesting matchup to me in this bracket is Duke and Rhode Island. Uh, that's a team that I wish I could have watched more this year in Rhode Island. Um, but I do have Duke moving past that, playing Michigan State. And then in my Elite eight, I have Kansas and Sparty.
0: That's, uh, that brings me to my other upset in the first round. I actually have Oklahoma beating Rhode Island for no good reason.
1: Well, they got the best – maybe the best. Yeah, the
0: right. Team. I mean, that that's – I always feel like one of those teams that just barely squeaks into the field, that everybody's saying Mm -hmm. doesn't deserve to be there, doesn't deserve to be there, ends up winning a game or two. I think Trey Young could have a huge game, uh, could be one of his tournament moments, have a Trey Young early season kind of performance. And so I took them there, and I want to see Trey Young play Duke in the second round. I think that would be very fun. That would be compelling. Uh, I have Duke winning that, though, against Oklahoma. Uh, Who do you have in the Elite Eight out of this uh, bracket?
1: I'm I'm taking uh, Michigan State over Kansas. Um, to to land in the Final Four.
0: I am as well. Uh, Kansas, for me, goes Penn, Seton Hall, New Mexico State to get to the Elite Eight, so that's not a very difficult path. But once they finally play a real team, Michigan State takes them down after Michigan State, of course, beats Duke uh, in the uh, Elite Eight of the Midwest region. All right, Uh, just in case anybody forgot, let's run, run us through your Final Four picks again.
1: Okay, so I have Virginia, North Carolina, Villanova, and Michigan State.
0: I have Arizona, Xavier, Villanova, and Michigan State. So we are the same on one side of the bracket and two different picks on the other side of the bracket. Who do you have advancing to the national championship game?
1: I originally, and this is going to be in the Courier Journal, uh, originally picked Virginia to beat Michigan State. Um, but I I've I'm since changed my pick, so it's in print. Unfortunately, we can't get that one back.
0: That's the problem with print.
1: Um, but since the news of uh, injury news at West Virginia, I'm going to take Virginia. North Carolina to beat them. Even though the Cavaliers beat the Tar Heels twice, once right. in the regular season, once in the ACC. It
0: is hard to beat a team three times in a row. That I've heard that as a basketball. Uh, That's what they say. Uh, kind of.
1: So I've got North Carolina, much to the chagrin of the rest of the country, playing in a third straight national title game here.
0: Ooh, I didn't even thought about that. That is. Uh... Quite the feat there. That's a Kentucky ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight kind of run. Um I have what would be a nightmare for the NCAA, which is kind of the reason I picked it. Uh national championship game between Arizona of all its NC, uh FBI related scandal news, playing Michigan State of all its uh recruiting scandal slash Larry Nasser uh investigation news that would be a disaster for the NCAA. That national championship game, all the talk would be nothing but negative. Uh, I kind of want to see it happen, just to see how it goes. Uh, who do you have coming out on top though in your national championship game?
1: I'm I'm gonna go with the Tar Heels. Now I'm I'm, I'm all in with Joel Berry. I think I heard it's put that he is North Carolina's version of Christian Leitner. If he can get them back to the Final Four, he's had a tremendous career, and uh, Roy Williams is is. I mean, he's got so much success in this tournament. I like that. I like this matchup with Michigan State. I hope I hope we we'll get to see it.
0: I have Michigan State taking down Arizona in the final. I wonder if that scenario uh, were to happen, which you never know, if Tom Izzo would ride off into the sunset, given some of the negative uh, yeah. headlines surrounding that program, that athletic department, that university. Probably not, uh, but uh, national championship for Tom Izzo – it's not necessarily, or Michigan State, it's not necessarily a great thing for college basketball at the moment or college sports in general. Uh, but I think a spotlight kind of performance like that would bring some more attention to those issues, which is good for us and good for the world uh, to make sure people are talking about those things. So maybe a little bit of positive comes out of it, but it's not a week in uh, San Antonio that probably anyone's going to enjoy on that side of the thing because of all the questions they're going to be getting. But I do have Michigan State taking down Arizona in the national championship game.
1: I want to throw a curveball at you real quick. In the Kempom Top 15, there are a couple teams that don't look like the others and don't have the traditional, maybe, um, the history in this tournament. Are there any of these teams that you think can reach the Final Four? I'll read them off to you here. Cincinnati? No. You don't You know, I'm buying that?
0: Well, I'm, I just think that the top half of that south bracket is so much better than the, the bottom half, That yeah. whether it's Virginia or Arizona or Kentucky coming out. I don't okay, think well, that kind of rules
1: out there. Tennessee. Yep. Uh, Texas Tech, which you had losing to Florida. So, yeah, I, I
0: did not have that happen.
1: Do you think Xavier gets through? I
0: do. I have Xavier in the final four. Okay, but kind of by default because I don't like much other than that bracket.
1: Purdue hasn't hasn't really made a. What? When's the last time Purdue was really in play for? When Gene Katie was there? Yeah, probably not not any time soon. <laughs> you weren't you weren't too big on big Big Ten teams, uh, but it's interesting to me that that this field. Uh, every every year it's wide open because that's right. the way the nature of the tournament but i i, I will be i w- i'll be interested to see if there's if there's somebody that kind of crashes the party instead of uh michigan state north carolina uh you know duke villanova some of these teams we've seen we're kind of accustomed to seeing um i I'd like to see a team like Cincinnati kind of kind of bum rush in there
0: what's let's let's ask you this uh we picked our official final four so you know who we're who we're going for to win these regions. But let's say someone outside the top 5 seeds were to make it to the final four. What team do you think could do that from a 6 or lower?
1: Ooh, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good one. Um I think I I think that uh, I look at a, like maybe Oklahoma. Yeah, because of Trey Young, Syracuse was a 10 seed that made the uh, final four. Um, I'm looking through all the brackets now. Florida as a six seed makes some sense because, like Florida's, you said, yeah. they don't exactly have a um, path of uh, world beaters to get through. Um, man. Other if, than that.
0: If I you bring in the five seeds, any five seeds that you think can make it. I mean, obviously, Kentucky is a five seed, so.
1: I get suckered into West Virginia every yeah. every March, and didn't last you pick them to year win the national I picked them year. to win the national championship last year, and it didn't work. Uh, Gonzaga is a four seed as a team I am interested in because they play on the West Coast. We don't know much about them. Yeah, um, we'll so, also
0: see them in Boise this week.
1: Yep. So we'll see. Texas Nevada is a low key good first round matchup. It's, I want to see what Shaka Smart will do in this tournament. It's kind of a disappointing season. That's a ten seed in Texas yeah. that if they could get by Nevada. I like okay. their they're playing Cincinnati and then potentially Tennessee. Maybe Texas as a Tennessee could do something.
0: Interesting. Okay, let's let's shift the focus back a little bit to Kentucky. What does Kentucky have to do to make it to the Final Four? What has to go right for this team?
1: I think that they've got to stay out of foul trouble against Arizona. Okay. Right? They gotta figure out how to defend him. I I had to defend Aiden. I don't know if it's but to play zone. Maybe. Yeah. I think Sasha Kalea Jones emergence in St. Louis was We always say these definitive things like, if Sasha Kalea-Jones can give you six points and three rebounds, then Kentucky can win. I don't know about that. But he gives you five fouls. He gives you max effort. That putback dunk he had against Tennessee was key. If if Vanderbilt can't play and and it doesn't look like he's going to, uh, Sasha's going to be huge in that game. Because I can see P.J. picking up two fouls early and and Sasha being in there.
0: Yeah, the problem is Sasha is uh, not exactly uh, good at avoiding fouls himself either. So. Uh, here's the other question for the big men. Obviously, physically, the best matchup, Kentucky versus DeAndre Ayton, is Nick Richards, just size for size. Is there any scenario where Nick Richards plays a meaningful role for Kentucky, either this weekend or throughout the NCAA tournament in general?
1: Well, that's that's interesting to me. Maybe we should talk to our good friend, Nick Cats Ben Roberts, about mm-hmm. this. They've matched up before yeah. in AAU, and so... I don't know how those affairs necessarily went. I wasn't covering uh, recruiting in Kentucky at that time, but that it's a familiar matchup. I'm sure that Nick is, understands the implications of seven footers on seven footers, and I think it's an opportunity. It's like the Isaac Humphreys moment. It's like, yep. This is the time you have not you've not had the 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 season you wanted to have to this point, but right now is your chance. Uh, that that's going to be that's gonna be key because I'm sure Nick's going to keep starting. I think Calipari's going to keep him in the starting I'm lineup. Just Not Vanderbilt's hurt. If Vanderbilt hadn't gotten hurt, you'd have to ask the question. Right? Because we've seen him mix it up. I thought it I thought it was smart to bring P.J. into the starting yep. lineup, bring Winion off the bench. Right. Winion fouls out of these games, too. Yep. He fouled out against Tennessee. So, um, that foul trouble to me is going to be the key against Arizona.
0: My other key for Kentucky to make a run to the Final Four is I think they have to average something like – six threes a game yeah i mean they could they could win some of these games not doing that but i think to beat arizona to beat virginia they're gonna have to score points that means winning gabriel's gonna have to have two or three quad a green's gonna have to have two or three every day every game kevin knox gonna have to have two or three every game and then you hope you maybe get one uh, or two from shea and and Hami and Mm -hmm. and pj whoever else is in there but between winyan kevin and quad a i think they need to average like six threes a game
1: I'm with you because I think they've got to score 70 points to win. Yeah, and I, I've been tweeting the stat. They're they're two and eight this season in games where they fail to score more than 70. Both those wins were against Georgia, uh, not a very good team. So that's that's a pretty. I know stats can be misleading, but that's a pretty obvious line where if you don't, they don't score 70, they can get beat.
0: Any scenario where you see Kentucky losing the first round game on Thursday?
1: I don't think so. I mean, I know it's trendy. The five twelve is always fun to pick. Uh, Bob McKillop a legend. McKillop is a legend. At Davidson, but if you run through their who they played, they lost to Nevada, they lost to North Carolina, they lost to Virginia. Um, So while they are constructed as a team where you can build the case, they shoot threes, they're senior laden. Other than that, I just don't see it happening.
0: And then uh, to close us out here, as we're talking Kentucky, Davidson, do you take Steph Curry or do you take Anthony Davis?
1: Uh, Well. I'm going to take Anthony Davis because I think he's more of like a freak anomaly. I think you could find a way to replace what Steph does, although he does shoot at such a crazy level and pace, but there's something about a a seven foot guy or or however tall Anthony Davis is that can do some of the things that he can do. I don't think you can just go find that and replicate it as easily as Steph.
0: Yeah. I think Anthony Davis with what he's done since DeMarcus Cousins has gone down Mm -hmm. uh, has taken him to kind of another level there. I will say though, uh, Fletcher and I play a lot of this game uh, <laughs> on PlayStation slash uh, Nintendo Switch called NBA Playgrounds, and Steph is way better than Anthony Davis. Totally. On NBA Playgrounds.
1: It seems like in March, guards, if you got a guard that can take over a game, yeah. like I've said, Joel Berry and Steph Curry, Shea Gilders,
0: Alexander, yeah.
1: it just seems like that you can really do some damage. It seems like it's a guards game.
0: If Kentucky makes it to the second weekend, who's their best player this, this weekend? Shay, Shay.
1: I'm gonna go Shay. I think Kevin, Kevin's been too
0: inconsistent, and
1: I don't know about him on defense. He's been trying. He he dove on the floor a couple times in St. Louis and yeah. got a few rebounds. But Shay, it's gotta be Shay.
0: By the time this episode goes up, uh, Fletcher will have a Shay, an extensive Shay Gogus Alexander story on the Courier Journal and in the special section preview of the tournament coming out Thursday in the print edition. Make sure you read that. For me, I think Shay's clearly the best player. But the guy who has to be really good this weekend for them to make it to Atlanta is P.J. Washington for all those things we've mentioned uh, with DeAndre Ayton and the Arizona matchup probably coming Saturday. Uh, make sure you read all our coverage at courier generalcom in the print edition of CJ. The, the special section comes out Thursday in print uh, with everything to, to watch ahead through the next weekend in Boise. Uh, next weekend in Atlanta, if they're to make it there, we will be back podcasting probably after each game. Uh, we will have Facebook Live videos. We will have analysis videos with Matt Stone, the photographer. We will have lots of stories from interviews today on Wednesday, uh, after the game on Thursday if Kentucky were to win, and then back on Friday for more interviews and Saturday for the possible Arizona matchup. He's at Fletcher Page on Twitter. I'm at Hale underscore CJ. Until next time, thanks for listening.